What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Already Friends. This is Kara. And this is Allison. Today we have on an amazing guest to continue our Eight Dimensions of Wellness series. We're having on Illy of livehealthly.com. She is someone who specializes in nutritional wellness. So one of the eight dimensions is physical, which we've seen on several different websites. It's broken down into nutritional and physical wellness. And Illy is someone that both Allison and I have been following for years. And she dives deep into nutritional wellness on her Instagram, her TikTok. And we thought what a perfect opportunity to have her on and just share a little bit of her knowledge like guys, she knows so much about nutrition and we're honestly always blown away by her content. So getting to talk to her today was so incredibly insightful. Yes. But before we get into it, as always, we'll catch up, share our peaks of the week. And we have a very fun announcement to share with you guys. We sold out of our Costa Rica trip, which is amazing. We really didn't know what to expect and we were absolutely blown out of the water. We cannot wait to meet everyone. There were 20 spots and And all of those filled up within three days of the trip booking link going live. So we will get to meet 20 friends in our podcast community in October in Costa Rica. Yes, we're so excited for that. Thanks to everyone who signed up. And if you were interested and maybe the dates didn't work out or, you know, just didn't work for that time of the year, we will do trips in the future. So let us know where you want to go, maybe even when a good time for you is. And be sure to sign up for the wait list. We already have one person on the wait list. That way, if anything happens with someone who is on the trip, that comes up in their life, you could always see if getting on the wait list could work out for you. Yeah. So stay tuned. We'll hopefully have more trips in the future and you guys can get on those. Yeah. Join the wait list and join our Facebook group that is already friends on Facebook. You will get updates there. But yeah, that was so exciting to share. Any other updates for the show? Mm, our podcast Bible is still available. If you know anyone that's trying to start a podcast, send them to our website. It's a 35 page PDF guide with literally everything you need to know and it's only $25. And we've gotten really good feedback on it, which makes us very happy that people are finding that helpful because like you've heard, we went through lots of money, lots of time (laughs) figuring out how to start this show. And now we can happily say that we've got it figured out and we want to help you guys too. So yeah, that's on our website, alreadyfriendspodcast.com slash shop. But that's our official updates. Allison, what's going on in your life? Well, as of today, when this episode comes out, I will be having the grand opening of 1404 Collective, which is my new little baby. It'll be a a secondhand and vintage shop, but it's like a collaborative effort. So there are already 20 vendors in there. And I think it's so fun how I've gone about opening this business because New Wave was my first business. She was my baby. I was so protective. And I'm like, I want everything to be right and everything to be perfect. And It's just, it's all mine. And with the collective, it's been so fun to relinquish control and allow so many people to be a part of it and just be like, you know what? Done is perfect. We're just doing the damn thing. And it doesn't all have to be exactly how I want it or how I would do it or perfect right away. Like for example, 
there I wanted two dressing rooms, but the way that the space is configured, it can really only have one and I can do two and I was trying to do two, but I need way more tools and I need more helping hands. And like on Saturday, Clay and I, I put on my little electrical <laughs> girl hat. Wait, let me, hat, yeah. And Clay and I climbed up on ladders and we took the old chandelier down. Clay cut the old wiring. We like turned off the um, the breakers, turned off the lights. We took down all of the old tube lighting. And I like, I went to Menards all by myself and I figured out that I needed these ceiling box covers. And like, I'm so proud that I like kind of figured out the electrical because that was terrifying before I did it. And now I'm like, oh, no big deal. I can change a light, which is a great skill to have. But I wanted two dressing rooms and I'll get them, but it's just, it's going to be another project at another time. And old me, like when I opened New Wave was like, I'm going to pull all nighters. Everything's going to be perfect. And last night I was just like, you know what? It's getting one dressing room. We'll just have to do that later. (laughs) And it's really made it way more fun to not put so much pressure around it. And if you guys are wondering like, okay, so what's happening with New Wave? Uh... The secondhand and vintage clothing that I had at New Wave will just be available down at 1404. So I already have like over a hundred items there that I've been sourcing in Joshua Tree in LA and like over the last month, like there's some kick ass stuff. It's so good. And the collective will be open Friday, Saturday, Sundays. And then New Wave will have random events when I feel like it, like we'll do some workshops, we'll do some mm-hmm. pop-ups, like we'll do some stuff online. So New Wave still exists, but New Wave is now available at 1404. And I know I know it's kind of confusing. I swear to God, I will do an update on New Wave's Instagram soon. But I've been busy doing electrical, all right? <laughs> <laughs> She's literally an electrician, guys. Like, she had to go to trade school in the meantime. Ugh. like. And I did all the painting. The quote to get it painted was $3,500. I had some help from uh, McKinley and Kelly too, but like literally spent easily over 50 hours painting way, way up on a ladder, conquered my fear of heights. Like, you know, the ones that are A's and then they open up all the way. Mm -hmm. It was fully, fully, because the ceilings are probably, oh, I don't know. 15 to 20 feet tall. And I was like up in the corner, like fucking Michelangelo up there, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You did it. And you saved that money and you guys are doing the thing. Doing the thing. Yeah. All of a sudden you're opening a handyman business. And it's also been fun to just like have a totally different vibe for the store. I know. I'm like, wait, because, okay, the electrician, we got a few quotes. The cheapest we could get it, there was five fixtures that needed coming down, were $300 per piece. So $1,500 mm-hmm. for the electrical, $3,500 to paint. So I'm like, what am I doing having a podcast and opening stores? Like, I need to be a painter and an electrician. I could have cleaned, mm-hmm. cleaned up five grand in a weekend. My God. Yeah, no, they say that the trades, like that's the place to be if you want a reliable job for the rest of your life, recession-proof, because people are always going to need the trades. Like I, we yeah. have a friend that his job is to literally educate high schoolers on trade school and like encourage them to go into the trades because not enough people are going into it. And like they are essential for our whole society. No, it is true. And like, you don't really know that many of them, you know, like you're thinking in your head, like how many people do you actually know that know how to do plumbing, electrical, put up drywall, things like that? Like very few. And usually mm-hmm. they're older or they're like from a small town. Yes. Yeah, so if you're listening to this and you don't know what to do with your life, check out trade schools because you will never not have a job. Just say. No, seriously. My cousin did like this welding thing out in Wyoming and he made a disgusting amount of money just like chilling out there by himself. 
Being a welder. I, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I know someone else that did that too. And I didn't think about the money piece. Like I was just like, wow, that's cool. And they moved to Montana and are doing welding for the summer. But that probably was a lot of money. Wow. Yeah. And I have another cousin who like something with the oil rigs, they like mm-hmm. go down there and do something. Anyway, yeah. Tra- the trades. So actually 1404 <laughs> will not be having its grand opening today. <laughs> I am switching and starting my painting business. <laughs> Allison electrocutes. <laughs> I'm trying to think about alliteration. Allison, all hands on Allison. No, we'll think of it. We're coming. To the It'll name. come. It'll come. But okay, last thing on it. So New Wave's vibe is very like warm and sunny and like the pinkish tones. Mm-hmm. And it's been really fun with the 1404 Instagram to go like a completely different direction. So I've been going very like dark and moody and high contrast and like, 70s-ish vibe. And that's just something that's so fun for me is to like make up aesthetics, I guess. Not make them up, but like play out different design things. Yeah. You know? Because then like on the podcast, it's like we can be cute and colorful and fun. And then on New Wave, I can be all like deserty and warm. And now with 1404, I can be like hipster grunge. Yeah. Channel those different pieces in me. I love that. Okay, yay. So congrats on the opening. Since it's Thank you. March 3rd. And I'll report next week. Yeah. <laughs> excited, excited to see all the successes with that business. Thank you. How about you? How was your week? Well, now I can finally catch up on my Charleston trip because we had I had not been on that trip since we last recorded. And yeah, I had a little girls weekend with my mom, my sister. We went to Charleston because McKenna was trying on her wedding gown. She got it from a designer in Charleston there custom-made address and it's so pretty can confirm it's amazing and she's looking stunning it's so McKenna so we love that for her I cannot wait to see I feel like I need to make a prediction before I see it yeah I mean I'm sure she would text you a photo if you wanted to he 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 (laughs) oh my god well that's so fun yeah so we did that and so I did go down there for another reason that I'm kind of scheming. So TBD when I can announce that. So that was also very fun. But yeah, I got to go back to some of my favorite restaurants and coffee shops, do all that, which I posted on my Instagram. So if you want any Charleston recs, I tagged all the restaurants we went to. So go over there for that. It was good to see my sister and hang out with her. We Funny story is that her fiance just moved like the day that I got there uh, to see her in South Carolina. And he got a new job. He's working with the Atlanta Braves as a physical strength trainer. Trainer, so that's super cool. Go, Julian. Love that. I know. I'm like so sick. He gets treated like a player and gets to eat all his meals there and gets like these bougie meals, all this stuff. I'm like, wow. Pop that off. is that's awesome. So fun. Yeah. But McKenna was sad because he had moved like the day that I got there. So I got her cake um, that said, sorry, your fiance left you. And <laughs> that made her like die laughing. She's like, oh my God, you're so fucking dramatic. I'm like, I literally just had to do it because I'm like, this is funny because your fiance literally left you today. But the guy at Publix and I asked him to make it. He was like, oh no. I'm like, Yeah. I didn't want to explain it to him because I'm like, it's just funny. So, and honestly, it's funnier if he like goes home and tells his friends like That's about the I cake said. he made. <laughs> I was like, I literally, well, also, if you go to my TikTok, you can see the cake and like see the whole story. But like, he did such a bad job. Like, his handwriting was so bad. It's literally illegible. Like, you can't read it. And I was like, I told my sister, I'm like, if he wrote it right and in a way that you could read it, I would have told him the story. But for the sole fact that he wrote it so badly that McKenna couldn't read it, McKenna couldn't read it for like the first two minutes. He doesn't get to know the story. (laughs) 
needs to do better. <laughs> so if he would have wrote it well, I would have told him like, okay, this is also just like kind of a joke. But since he didn't write it right, he has to live the rest of his life wondering whatever happened to the girl whose fiance left her. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. That's a great cake idea. <laughs> I know. I'm like, sometimes you see like those random cakes. I don't even know. Like, I can't even think of one, but just like random things like that. I'm like, you know what? I feel like today's the day I'm going to make a funny cake with McKenna. Give it to her. Also, Publix, like that is just hilarious. So Southern. Like, imagine. <laughs> yeah. True. Because in different parts of the U.S., like we have very different grocery store chains. Publix like, is a good one. I wish we had Publix here. Like the Pub Subs, they have like a whole sandwich counter that are, they slay. They're very good. So good yeah, know. that poor man, he'll never know unless he sees my TikTok, but probably not. And yeah, that's about my weekend. Hanging out with McKenna, hanging out with my mom. And now I'm back and back into the routine of my life. So what is the dynamic like between you, your mom and sister when you're all three together? Like what hats do you each wear? I, <laughs> um, you know, we can definitely be sassy to each other, but for the most part, it's all good vibes. We had so much fun. I feel like I, I don't know. I wanted to say like I'm in charge. I'm really not because my mom wants to be in charge too. And like she wants to drive. I also like driving. McKenna definitely chills and just goes. She's along for the ride. She's along for the ride. Like they definitely lean to me to pick the restaurants or like where we go to eat and stuff because I guess I do that for work. Like I take everyone out to eat and go on trips and stuff. And I guess I also live there for a month. So they're like, what? What's the best place to get breakfast? But we tried all new things for the most part. Um, went to a couple places that I've been to before, but we tried lots of new things. So I think I took that role. Um, my mom took the role of making a couple reservations. So that was good. She's very organized on top of that and knew how crazy busy. I guess that will be my one tip. If you are going to Charleston, you do need to make dinner reservations because you're going to be waiting like an hour and a half. It's such a busy city. So my mom made all the reservations. I found where we'd get breakfast. And then McKenna, I don't know, it was long for the ride. It was the good vibes, the lightheartedness. She took good pictures. That's a good role for her too. I don't want to like not hype her up for doing anything, but sometimes you just need the fun friends and like the fun, lighthearted people to make the trip yeah. go well. Yeah. Got to have someone to enjoy the plans that you made. Yeah. I would say like she would be on top of music, but I was trying to, I was like, can you play some music? You know, co-pilot, passenger princess, but she wasn't giving any, she's like, I don't mm. know what to play. I was like, docking you a couple points. <laughs> like you're going to get kicked to the back. Lola's going to become passenger princess if you don't play some music. Wait, wait, wait. So your mom sits in the back seat. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's a very important part no, of the story. Or she's driving. I sit in the backseat. <laughs> like she drove to Charleston and I sat in the backseat the whole time. But when we were driving around the city, I was like, I want to drive in the city because I know the roads here in downtown Charleston. And she sat in the back. But McKenna was always in the front passenger seat. I mean, it makes sense if you're a mom and you you've already done so much for your kids. By the time they can like drive and figure things out, you're like, mm, I'm off. I'm I'm chilling in the back. You guys got this. Like I need a break for a sec. I will say if we could, I wish we could like strap my mom to the roof because the way she backseat drives, I don't know if anyone can relate. I'm like, I'm about to put a blindfold on you and like, literally kidnap you to our next destination because you're stressing me out. If that's like the one thing that we were all butting heads on, I'm like, mom, I, I see this person 300 <laughs> yards away. I'm not going to hit them. She, that's that's like every mom. So no, it's my all mom, funny. Me and my mom have the opposite. I'm a bad passenger seat driver. My mom doesn't say anything <laughs> when I'm driving and I get it from my dad. But the thing is, Clay is going to kill me for saying this. 
I he has gotten in multiple accidents, a few of which I was in the car, and they weren't as bad because I helped alleviate the situation. And there were so many times that I was like, duh, this, this, that, and stopped us from getting an accident. So he bites his tongue when I do make comments because he's like, I know, I know, I know, I know. So we try to limit it. Like if we have a road trip or something, I say I get three gasps. G-A-S-P-S. And he's like, you need to use your gasps very intentionally. <laughs> well, I do the same thing. I'm definitely I'm not going to sugarcoat my my only backseat drive when I truly feel like feel it's necessary. It's necessary. Yes. I'm not yeah. doing it to everybody. Or like if someone's a really good driver and they're like going the speed limit, braking same. slowly, like not on their phone. I'm not going to gasp or, or backseat drive. But sometimes it's necessary. Same. Completely agree. But I get it from my mom too. So how you get it from your parent, I also get it from my parents. So like, I'm not going to be upset with someone, you know, if they're like going five over like small things, it's like, no, this, I feel, I'm like fearing for my life here. I'm literally fearing for my life. <laughs> so well, I'm with you. We're trying okay, to keep we're, everyone alive. We're pro backseat drivers a little bit, <laughs> except for my mom. She does it so aggressive. <laughs> like if you're saying it from a loving place, it's still annoying, but I'll take the criticism. But it's like, Lolo, you got to calm down, honey. Like you're you just screaming. You got to give her the three rule. Three rule. Yeah, she, I, should, I should implement that. But she'd be out in like the first minute <laughs> of the car ride. We'd have another five hours to go. I'm like, you're not going to be able to ride with me anymore if you are screaming at me like this. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Okay. Well, I'll make my peak of the week sister family vibes too. So mm -hmm. last Friday, me, my mom and Clay and my sister, we're going to go to Pitch. It's like our favorite restaurant here. And you know what? I had to have a little mental breakdown that day. You just you get them here and there. And Friday was my day. Honestly, fr if there's a day that I always have one since college, like they're always on a Friday and so are Clay's. It's both of ours like hardest day at work. And so neither of us, we call it passing the torch back and forth. Like mm -hmm. I can't really help him. He can't help me. And it's just Fridays are not good. And it was coming time to leave. And I was on what is now New Wave, aka like basically what I'm turning into my apartment. And Clay was like in our apartment and I was in the shower and he turned the shower on and mine went ice cold. And it was just like, that was that was the icing. I had nothing left to give. And then that took it all away. And then I literally just started crying. I like laid in my sauna blanket and I was like, I can't go to the restaurant. So long story short, we ended up getting Chinese takeout and went to my mom's house instead. And her and my sister just... We hung out in Clay too, and we just had good vibes, and it was chill, and it was really fun. And the next day, my sister came over to my place and helped me make the paper retail bags for fourteen oh four, like on her typewriter. They look amazing, so wow. it was a fun, a fun five hour sister creative sesh. So look at us, sister We're mom figuring time. Figuring it out, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I can jokingly say that me, my sister, and mom bicker and fight because at the end of the day we still love each other we have really good relationships like I'll go to my mom for anything go to my sister for anything Same. so even though we bicker and like butt heads it's like it's not real you know it doesn't feel real mm -hmm. like it feels you can laugh it off and it's fine 10 seconds later so okay, that's really cute I would say my peak of the week, obviously, is a Charleston moment. We, on Saturday night, we were walking around all day. And then we decided to go down by the water and just watch sunset on a little bench. It was a little chilly out. So we had our blankets, watching the sunset, Cute. just hanging out. This sweet old man walked by. I was picking up trash and talked to us. And we're just watching everyone right by Rainbow Row, which is the colorful houses in downtown Charleston. So it was a 10 out of 10 moment. Wow. That sounds really pretty. Yeah. Oh, it was really pretty. And I just love any chance it can be by the water and with some sunshine. So cute. Yes. Okay. Let's read your guys' peaks. 
We had quite a few people say that their peak of the week was booking the Costa Rica trip. So definitely have to shout that out really fast. Yeah, Danielle, Nikki, Kylie, Alexis. Thank you all for sending that in. We can't wait to hang out with you guys in Costa Rica. Kendall said, my besties are coming to town to celebrate my birthday. They're coming from Wisconsin all the way to Arizona. Happy birthday. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. (laughs) What? That twang came out. (laughs) Happy birthday, Kendall. We hope you have an amazing day and the best weekend with your friends. And another fun bestie trip. Haley said, trip to Scottsdale with my bestie. So fun. Hope it was the best time. Love those Arizona moments. Uh, (laughs) True. And last thing, Cassie said, I got to see one of my top five favorite artists ever live in concert. Tin Liquor is the artist. Hope you have the best time. That's love. We love that. Love a fun concert moment. I'm also going to have to look up this artist because I've never heard of them. Me neither. Love a good music rest. Okay, when you see people's Spotify, like they share music to their story, mm-hmm. are you tapping through or do you ever actually go listen? I feel like I don't see that many, but I like knowing what other people are listening to. Like, I, I love a good music rack. Me too. Yeah. They don't annoy me at all, especially if it's like a good playlist. If it's like, hey, I'm at the gym and this is my gym playlist or like, I this is a meditation playlist that I like. I Very am saving that. that immediately. Yes. I like following people, some of my close friends on Spotify and I like listening to their playlists because I have some friends that are very good at music curation mm-hmm. and that is all, I love all of that because I'm not good at that. So I'm here for it. Well, I love this. As always, send in your peak of the week on our Instagram box. The Instagram is at Already Friends Podcast, and the peak of the week box goes up on Mondays. Perfect. Okay, we can get into introducing today's guest. So today we're having on Illy of Live Healthily. Illy is a holistic health coach, certified personal trainer, and a holistic wellness influencer with over 275,000 followers across Instagram, TikTok, all the platforms. She shares information about food, exercise, nutrition, and more, and is constantly exposing her followers to the many ways we've been lied to about what's healthy. She is extremely passionate about health and will always advocate for the cleanest ingredients. She believes her purpose in life is helping others live a low-tox life. She doesn't think that there is such thing as a no-tox life, so she uses the phrase low-tox and really wants to help people experience complete wealthness. Definitely check out her website, livehealthily.com, so you can see the huge variety of products that she has vouched for on there. And without further ado, here is Illy. We are here with Illy of Healthily. Hello, Illy. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. It's so exciting. Before we dive into all of the label reading and nutritional wellness, we want our listeners to have a chance to get to know you. So give us your background. Okay. So my background is, it's a loaded one. Um, I started as a personal trainer when I was like 21 because I got out of like a really crappy relationship and I was like, let me do something about myself. So I pursued personal training and I loved it. I've always been like the thin, sporty chick. So being able to become, you know, good at bodybuilding was something where I was like, oh my God, I can actually like form my body into something else. How cool. So I got my NASM certification. I became a trainer at Equinox. 
And then I moved on to Lifetime Athletic. And that's kind of what I did for a couple of years. And then I started to realize that my health was kind of taking a turn for the worst. So essentially, I was just kind of dealing with just everyday issues that kind of felt like everyone in my circle was kind of dealing with like the bloating and the acne and just kind of quote unquote, like normal parts of becoming older. So I remember going to doctor after doctor and they all just ran a couple of blood work things and tests on me and everything would always come back normal. And it was extremely frustrating. And I'm sure so many people have dealt with that where you're like, well, I don't feel normal. I know this is technically normal because everyone's dealing with it, which makes it more common than I would guess normal. And that's kind of when I had enough because I kept getting prescription after prescription. I was like, I'm only like 24 years old. Like, why am I being tossed all these prescriptions? Like, I thought that was like an old people problem. And eventually I did my own research, took matters into my own hands and really started to dive into a realm of wellness that I never thought that I would dive into because I came from a background of eating whatever the heck I wanted and being able to stay thin and thinking that because I was thin and skinny and involved in sports, I can eat however I want. And I was at a point in my health journey where I was like, there's, I can't feel worse, right? So like, what, what's the worst that could happen if I start to actually pay attention and maybe get rid of these things, even though they sound a little woo-woo to me right now, what's the worst that could happen? I'm, I don't have answers anywhere else. So I tried the holistic way, started reading my labels, paying attention to my supplements and cleaning up my diet and my toxic products that I didn't know were toxic. And I started to feel better. I had chronic migraines that went away. My bloating went away. And obviously, this wasn't like a miracle. I, I just made a lot of progress. It was the most progress that I've had in the five years that I was trying to figure out what was going on with me. And with that, I started to share kind of on social media. And I didn't realize how many other people felt the way I felt. And that's what grew my account just for me sharing my common everyday issues. Like, hey, I'm bloated. This is kind of what's helped. Hey, I had acne is what's helped. Hey, I'm inflamed. This is what's helped. And it grew. And then eventually I started my own website, Live Healthly. And that's where we're at today. And I'm on this really cool podcast. <laughs> Yay. Well, we're so excited. Thank you again for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Rosetta Stone. They are the most trusted language learning program out there. They've been experts for 30 years and millions of users have trusted them to help them learn second, third, fourth languages. And this is especially timely for me because one of my goals for the year, I literally just said this in our Patreon goal setting workshop last week, is that I want to learn Spanish. I studied German in college and unfortunately, I don't get to go to Germany or Austria very often. But I have been spending a lot of time in South America and Mexico. I spent all of January in Colombia and I loved it so much that I'm going back in April. I'm going to Tulum next week. And I'm like, you know what? It is time that I really buckle down and get better at Spanish. If you also are thinking of traveling more, learning second, third, fourth languages, I can't recommend getting started with Rosetta Stone enough. If you would like to get Rosetta Stone and not put off learning language any longer, there's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Already Friends listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off for unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem 50% off at rosettastone.com today. And thank you to Rosetta Stone for sponsoring the Artie Friends podcast and helping me in my Spanish language learning journey. As a retail shop owner, I know how important it is to have a good, reliable POS system. That's why I'm so excited about our sponsor today, Shopify. 
Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source. Track everything across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers both inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash already friends. That is all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash already friends to take your retail business to the next Next level today. Shopify.com slash already friends. Thank you again to Shopify for sponsoring the Already Friends podcast. This episode is sponsored by Honey Love. Honey Love is revolutionizing the bra game. Can you think of a bra that you actually like to wear? One that doesn't poke you, does not hurt, and that you kind of forget that you're wearing? For me, I'm thinking of my Honey Love bra. I have fully said goodbye to wearing underwire and bulky fabric bras that trap heat. Honey Love's bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. The fabric is super soft and it feels like a second skin and you'll immediately feel and notice the difference. Right now, I'm wearing the silhouette bra and I'm totally forgetting that I'm wearing a bra, but it totally lifts. It feels so supportive. It looks so good under shirts. And it's not like those bras that give you that uniboob effect when you put on a tight shirt or tight clothes. It separates, it lifts, it does everything that a bra should be doing. I'm also obsessed with the shapewear. I have the superpower thong, which is kind of like this mid-stomach shapewear piece. The way that it gives my body this hourglass shape that I did not know that I had and is so comfortable. I have traditional shapewear from a few different brands and they kind of hurt so bad. Within a couple hours, I feel like I can't breathe. But with Honey Love's shapewear, it's so comfortable. It's meant to be able to breathe, to live your day-to-day life in. And I feel like I can definitely use the shapewear for my wedding. So I'm very excited about that. So if you're ready to step into that next level comfortable bra and shapewear, it's your time to get Honey Love. Go to honeylove.com slash already friends and you can get 20% off your entire order with that link. So it's honeylove.com, H-O-N-E-Y-L-O-V-E.com slash already friends for 20% off. Make sure to use that code to show your support of the show. And thanks again to Honey Love for sponsoring the Already Friends podcast. Like me and Allison had mentioned before you, we started, we both been following you for a long time. Love everything you share. It's just really refreshing to have someone who's not being like bought into by these brands and like pushing things that deep down people know aren't good for them. It's nice to have you who is like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to say what I think is the truth. And I don't know, I think a lot of people are resonating with that. And you're right. Like a lot of us have been dealing with gut health and acne and all these things. And we're like, what can we do? We just don't want another, like you said, prescription or greens smoothie pushed down to us. And we're like, Let's get to the root of the problem. So I guess first question that we want to ask you is what does good nutrition look like to you? Yeah, I think I keep it way more basic than what I feel like I see online. The main feedback I always get is like everything just feels so confusing. And when I put it in such a simple way, people almost don't like believe me because it's like it can't be that simple. But if I if it's food that has walked, flown, swam the earth, it's good to me, you know, or like grown 
around anywhere. Like if I can find it in nature, it's good to me. So I don't I don't go towards being a carnivore, being vegan or being keto or being whatever all these other, you know, diets that are out there. It's just if it's real, I eat it, you know? So that means if I flip over even something like a cookie, which right, we don't normally find cookies, <laughs> a cookie tree in nature. But if I flip over the ingredients and it seems like something I would find anywhere, right? It's flour, it's whatever else, raisins or whatever you put in cookies. But if it's ingredients I recognize, it's fair game to me. So I eat fairly normal. I still eat pasta bolognese and I have like a steak or a hamburger. It's just with ingredients that I know have existed or breathed or walked the earth at one point in time. It's kind of like what they say about the grocery store, like sticking to the perimeter, the produce, the dairy section, the meat section in the back and avoiding that entire middle area. Is that something, a piece of advice that you try to give people? Yeah, I think that's obviously so important because the the base of my meals are always going to be the perimeter of the store, right? That's where you find the fruits and the veggies and the meats and the dairy. And obviously if dairy doesn't bother you, then go for it. So that's normally where the base of all my meals are. And then the middle kind of where it takes another step of just being aware and a little bit more knowledge and practice. And I think it's a very simple thing that unfortunately is going to have to become common knowledge for a lot of people if they want to prevent disease down the line. But I think you can have a really healthy relationship with food by sticking to what is recognizable and what you know. Because I know there's a lot of, you know, people out there that will be like, well, just because you don't recognize it doesn't mean it's not good for you. But I think it does encourage education, which I don't think people should shy away from. You should at least learn, right? If I've never, if I see something that I'm not familiar with, or even just let's say an everyday conversation, you and I are talking and you say a word that I've never heard before. And I'm like, what the heck does that mean? Am I going to sit there and just avoid talking to you because I don't know what that word is? No, I'm going to be like, what does that word mean actually? Or can you give it context? Or I'm going to go home and Google it so that I don't embarrass myself. But you know, that's the type of, you know, we have to be more inquisitive when it comes to our food. So people who just say, just because you don't recognize it doesn't mean it's not bad. Is that really helpful the way it should be? Because for me, I'm like, if you don't know what something is, Google it. Does it sound good to you? You know, if it says, you know, for example, like most people don't know what acesulfame potassium is. So they're going to look at it and, you know, the average person might be like, well, if you don't recognize it, doesn't mean it's not bad. A simple Google search is going to tell you that it's an artificial sweetener. I'm not here to tell you if that's going to be good for you or bad for you. But if you're on a journey that you want to avoid things that are artificial, guess what? You're probably going to put that back on the shelf and not touch it. It's it's really that simple. It doesn't have to be 10 times more complicated than people make it seem. So I think staying around the perimeter is such a good way to build the base of every meal that you have and then sprinkling in the middle once you kind of have that label literacy, if you will, to just learn how to read and recognize what fits into your newfound, you know, lifestyle. Okay, yes. Before we get into label literacy, I want to ask you this and totally tell me if you don't know, but has like how recently has reading the labels become important? Like, do you know when all these foods started putting all this bad shit in our food? Do you have any background on that? Yeah, it's it's been a long time in the making. So in the early 90s, so this is also why like a lot of people in the, like our parents and they're like, well, I'd eat all that stuff and I was fine. That's because GMOs weren't really a thing and artificial sweeteners weren't added until like 1993, 1994, 1996. Those are when artificial sweeteners started becoming added, added to our food. They've been trying to find ways to add things to our food since World War II. 
because that's when they started rationing foods and TV dinners became a thing and they needed to start preserving foods more. So it's been a long time coming where it's been little, like sprinkled little by little. And science is only becoming, you know, more complex and they find new ways to find the ways to sweeten things and not sweeten things and make it last longer and make it thicker or make it taste better. So food science is only evolving and that's the scary part of it all. Where do I think maybe 10 years ago having something with natural flavor was probably truly natural. But just the other day, I saw a pre-workout called Blue Raspberry Fizz and it had natural flavor. So I'm like, how the heck did that? Where are they finding these unique <laughs> trees in the wild, Blue Raspberry Fizz, that they got it naturally? So, you know, you really have to think that food science has evolved in a way that maybe they can conjure up something technically natural, right? Maybe it's not really coming from an artificial source, but they're taking a whole slew of different natural products and combining it together to get now this very artificially tasting ingredient. So, yeah, it's been it's been a while. So I would say at least from the 90s, I think we've seen the biggest addition to our food. But it's been even kind of before that when it comes to certain pesticides and GMOs and things like that. So little by little, but that's like, that's the biggest reason why our parents and our parents before us are kind of just like, you know, I ate all that and I'm fine and this doesn't affect me. It's because they literally changed as we were growing up. I think this is a good opportunity to maybe go in why. So if someone's listening and is like, well, why would they be putting this stuff in? Like, yeah. what is the interest to the to big food to be doing this? So would you maybe want to, we don't have to get super political and make it, I mean, we're all, we're down for a little controversy here, but I'd <laughs> yeah, like to I mean, hear. It's, it's, it's a controversial topic, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of conflicts of interest. So big food is its own, you know, little thing. There's like a beautiful chart that I always love where there's about 10 to 12 companies that own everything that we see on shelves from Kellogg's to um, mac and cheese, to everything. Like they own literally everything. Um, I mean, it's also not a secret that Bill Gates, who is in tech, owns majority of farmland in the United States. And you have to think of why, because tech is the way that we get all of our information today. That's how we are able to be on podcasts and posts on social media. So you ha and also take in information. So you have to think, why is somebody in tech owning farmland? You know, I don't think he just loves cows, you know? So it's one of those things where we have to think a little bit outside the box and really ask why. And I really admire people that think that, you know, everyone is good and they have no ulterior motives. I, I wish I could think like that sometimes. <laughs> But the reality of it is, is there is a lot of conflict of interest. I mean, even if you look at the American Dietetics Association and who sponsors them, there was a huge article that came out saying that there are a lot of big food brands rallying and sending money so that they are so that dietitians, unfortunately, are taught that diet soda is good and ultra processed food does fit in your diet. And you can find ways to have these foods in quote unquote moderation. So it makes people just feel good about the choices they're making. And then on top of that, a lot of these big food brands are not owned by chefs and cook. You know, they're owned by big business, big tech companies, big pharma companies, you know. So and a lot of this is public knowledge. Like if you really just spend a day Googling things like this is something you could just find on the Internet. It's not like some weird like conspiracy where you have to go down all these like, you know, weird websites. It's really right on Google. Like You can Google who sponsors the Academy of Dietetics. You can Google that and you can see all the companies like Bear and Monsanto, who literally sprays all our food with glyphosate, sponsors the Academy of Dietetics. So we have to think, are they telling us to avoid pesticides? Why would they do that? It would go against their actual business. So that's why they do it. There's people at the top, the 1%, the elite, if you will, that 
you know, own a lot of different types of companies and it it makes them no money if we're healthy, unfortunately. So the strongest people out there are the healthiest, the people who think on their own, who grow their own food that don't necessarily need the government to tell them what to do. So they don't make money if we don't end up in their system. Yeah, if we are free and sovereign beings, making our own food, thinking for ourselves, meditating, not buying everything from every ad we see. Yeah, like how are they going to make money off of you if you're not depressed, if you're not chronically sick, if you don't have chronic anxiety, if, you know, you plan on having a home birth, like they make no money off of you. So what's the point? They don't, they can't live in their lavish houses flying their jets. If you aren't in the hospital, if you're not doing all of that, then what, you know? I think this ties into what you said at the very beginning is just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. Yeah. And I think this filters into basically every segment we're going to talk about today is just because we're exposed to something frequently doesn't mean that that's good or normal or the way things should be. Do you have more to add around that conversation? Oh, yeah, 100%. (laughs) The thing is, is that food science in general and the media in general and the all these doctors and dietitians, not to say that I hate all of them. I think everything has a place in this world. I think doctors are some of the smartest people, right? Because without them, if I break my leg, I'm pretty much screwed. Or if I get into a car accident, that's it. And I think it's really good for acute emergencies. And that's what I would go to a doctor for. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's good for prevention, right? So, and the same thing with dietitians. I think there's many holistic dietitians that are coming forth and saying, I don't agree with what I'm being taught. But backtrack to answer your question, I think when there comes a time where we're being introduced to things in such a min- at such a minuscule rate, right? It's like little things every single day. I mean, before I really transitioned to a non-toxic lifestyle, if I woke up and I brushed my teeth, there's probably three or four chemicals just in my toothpaste that could affect me. You know, then I wash my face and there's probably 10 or 12. Then I take a shower and my, and my shampoo has about 10 or 12. Then my conditioner, about 10 or 12. Then my body wash, then my shaving cream, then the little strip on your razor. Then And it's like, then I put on makeup and I probably put about 10 different products on my face, which each probably have 15 or 20 different chemicals. So it's like, now let's do that over 30 years every single day with no break, because I don't know how many people are really taking, you know, a break to brush their teeth. Probably no one. And I hope you don't. But it's like, we're not really taking breaks from the chemicals. It's everywhere. And then you get to a point where it's not about getting rid of it all the time. It's about minimizing, right? There's no, I always say there's no such thing as a no-tox lifestyle, just a low-tox one. So now let's like forget the products. Now let's go to the food. You know, if we're eating things, I don't think there's an issue if you want to eat something, you know, with a dye every once in a while for like Easter or something. I don't know. But let's think about if we're eating something like that every single day. Yeah, maybe I know people say like, well, technically the dose makes the poison. But yeah, maybe for like the average healthy person who their organs are all functioning optimally. But I also think there's a reason why non-alcoholic fatty liver is on the rise in young adults. You know, you have people younger and younger getting diagnosed with liver disease. And what does your liver do? Works through the toxins. So what is happening? And I think we are now just being educated, unfortunately, to be taught that like everything in moderation and that you can have these things in like little increments and it's not a big deal. And then when by the time you get older, there's no doctor that's telling you that's the reason why you're here with an autoimmune disease or that's the reason you're here with, God forbid, cancer. So that's unfortunately kind of what we're being taught right now. 
And I guess a follow-up question to all of that, do you feel like our parents being exposed to these chemicals has compounded and our grandparents over time where maybe our grandparents weren't getting cancer as much because they still had those good genes from 100 years ago where there wasn't as much toxicity, but now it's just being stacked on top of each other and we're getting the brunt of all, of, I don't know, what they've lived through and digested and all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I'm in a phase of my life where, you know, I got married in September. So I've been taking, since I got engaged, taking, you know, action on my pre conception health, which is just this idea that you take one to two years before a baby is even a thought in your brain. So you can start detoxing. And I, I know detox is like a scary word, but just like being more aware. And like, I just like the idea of like, if you detox your mind, right, from bullshit and bad vibes and bad, you know, mantras that you say to yourself, I think you should also do that with your body is getting rid of, you know, toxic chemicals and doing all these things. Uh, unfortunately, our grandparents and our great grandparents, depending on the jobs that they had, I know for me, my grandmother worked when she came to this country at a very young age. I think she was like 15 or 16. Her main job was a cleaning lady. So you have to think like what they what she was exposed to coming to America was bleach and all these cancerous um, chemicals like Windex and cleaning products and then pass that down to my mom because your the DNA that your grandmother has you have or the DNA that you have is also your granddaughter's so whatever she had that's why you know that's kind of how genetics work that's also how toxins work I mean they found nail polish in the placenta of unborn fetuses so we have to think something that is innocent that you put on your nail that isn't really being absorbed through your nail well somehow it's ending up in the placenta that your baby is using as food and fuel so that it could come out healthy so we have to think what are these chemicals doing and how are they being affected generations before us? So whatever I'm doing to benefit my health now at 30, not pregnant, um, hopefully will benefit my granddaughter one day and pass down those better genes. So I always think that there's progress we can make, but I think truly knowing what you're being exposed to. I know even places that are, you know, my grandma grew up in Albania, so she probably didn't have exposure to pesticides or any type of herbicides, but maybe she had different type of stressors that maybe she would have that maybe I have today that affected her. I mean, she ended up getting cancer and surviving, thank God. But it makes me think like, what were you exposed to that led, that led you down this route? Was it you, you know, finally moving to America and being exposed to cleaning products? Um, or was it stress or trauma or whatever the case may be? But those are all things that I think can affect people, even if they didn't have the additives that maybe we have today. There's always different types of things that sometimes are unavoidable, right? It's not like she could get a different job if that's what she had to get. But I think it's really important that we understand that it's so multifaceted. And it, regardless of that, it's very important to just constantly do the work, even if maybe your mom or your father, you know, weren't the healthiest or your great grandparents weren't the healthiest. I think we can always make progress in small ways because that's even 1% better for the next generation. I'm so glad that you you just segued perfectly into what I wanted to ask next, <laughs> next with making progress. I feel like you do such a good job of being like, I'm going to get this information out there. You guys can hate me. You guys can cancel yeah. me. I don't care what you have have to have to say but like I'm doing this for your benefit how did you you obviously didn't always know all of this stuff and so yeah. even to your friends and family if as someone that's newly in their nutritional journey how does someone break through the barrier of being like this is for me and I I don't care what anyone 
thinks, I guess. Yeah, it's tough because I've always been like that. <laughs> like my personality has always been like, I don't give a shit about anybody else. I'm also a Leo. <laughs> so I feel like that's just like engraved in my stars that I'm just going to be like the leader of the pack. But I think there comes a time where at least for my, and I can only speak for myself, right? I don't want to be like a preacher here. Like this is what everyone should do. But at least for myself, I'm a tough love kind of person. So it's either I'm going to rip the bandaid or I'm going to just keep suffering and being the victim of my own life. And I realized that I was getting in in my own way. So especially when I was coming from this place where, you know, I was an athlete my whole life and I was always a really great athlete. And then I became a bodybuilder and I was getting, I was booking all these like modeling shoots and I had all these like elite clients because I worked at Equinox. So all my clients were like CEOs and newscasters and actresses and all these like big deal people. I was kind of on my high horse because I was like, I look great. No one can say shit. Like, I'm going to eat whatever I want to eat. And I look fabulous. And I actually interact with a lot of people like that today. So when I started to really feel like crap and life was like, let me humble you. And I started to feel like crap. I was, I was, it was very hard for me to look at what I was doing and say like, oh, okay, well, what I'm doing is the problem because I physically looked amazing. It was like my peak of like how I looked. I mean, in hindsight, I feel like I look better and feel better now, obviously. But back then I was really on my high horse and I was like, there's no way until I really had to slap myself in the face and be like, you have to try anything right now. And that means going against yourself. And I never thought that I would have to hit a point in my life where I was going against myself to benefit myself. But I almost have like this like outer body experience. I was like, bitch, if you don't just stop eating the damn protein, the cereal protein bars and the cookies and cream protein powder, I don't care what. And it was like, this is shit that I was selling to people. So I really had to like take a moment and be like, oh my God, am I hurting people? Like, am I hurting my clients doing this? I mean, they look great, but like, am I hurting them in other ways? So you kind of hit you hit a point where I'm like, look, if I can go against myself, then <laughs> who cares? I'm going to say what I want to say because it's helped me. And I just feel so passionate about it. And it does get me in trouble a lot of the time because I want people to feel amazing and I want people to thrive. And unfortunately, not everybody's ready to hear that because when they go to their the professionals in their life, they're telling them, oh, it's genetic. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. And I do think in certain cases it can be, but we have to say, am I doing everything that, have I tried everything? Am I doing everything that it can take to really feel the best? Because I thought I was, but I wasn't. And I got in my own way. So now I just kind of say, I don't give a shit what anybody else has to think. This is what's helped me. And it's not like this radical idea. It's just like, eat real food, bro. Eat real food. That's it. Like, I'm not saying anything crazy. Like, you need to cut out 300 calories and only eat meat on Tuesdays. And then you have to only, like, (laughs) I'm not, like, there's accounts out there like that that are just, like, so intense. Or I'm not, like, here, like, you have to drink my protein powder to get like this. It's just, like, holy shit, eat what's real. And if you have a problem with that, you're indoctrinated. Well, no, that's really good insight. And I think, personally, for me, maybe the first step in trying to take more a hold of my nutritional life was reading the labels, which we got into a little bit before. But what is your advice to someone who is like, okay, I've literally never paid that much attention to labels. Maybe they do avoid some words that they can't pronounce, but they're really trying to take better accountability for themselves. Like, what is your advice for someone who's starting out on that journey? Yeah, like they're fresh out the baby gate and they're like, what do I do? Get so many people like that. It's It kind of is just like, it's hard. I remember when I first started, I kind of had to, I had like a journal, like a health journal. I probably still mm-hmm. have it somewhere, but I had like a health journal where I wrote down what my main symptoms were. And at the time it was my acne. So 
I had no idea at the time that my acne and my gut health were one in the same, right? And when you're first starting out, it's usually you're starting out because something's bothering you, whether it's I'm always bloated or it's my acne or I have migraines. So I had all that, but like and, and more. But my main thing was my acne because that was my face, right? I was like the, this fit, cutie, 5'3", finish trainer. But I had like this painful, disgusting acne all over my face and I hated it. So I remember going through my health journey and writing all these things down and I would circle acne like a hundred times and be like, this is what I want to cure. So I just like dived in and did research and I started to find, well, okay, what can I do for my acne? Hydration was a big one for acne. Um, getting rid of fragrance and like SLFs in my toxic products. So that's kind of where I started. I started to really focus on my hydration and getting not just water, like more water, but I got filtered water and then I had only drank out of stainless steel. And then I had hydrating foods like watermelon and cucumber and, and aloe and all these like very hydrating foods. And I incorporated that into my diet. And then I got rid of all the toxic fragrance in my house. Like that was my goal, not knowing that that was also going to trickle in and heal my other symptoms like my gut health and my chronic migraines. So it's almost like this like ripple effect that happened with my health. So I would say get really clear on what your main and try to, instead of trying to tackle everything, because usually when you heal one thing, it's going to heal the other things because they're all connected. But sometimes that's really overwhelming for people because now you're just trying to get all the gut health supplements, all the acne supplements, all the migraine supplements, all the minerals. Like you're trying to do so much at once. So really hone in on kind of master one thing. So the biggest thing was my acne. And then I think now in hindsight, if I were to go back, I really wish I invested in somebody way earlier in my life because I, I mean, I was also a college student when I first started. I was just fresh out of college. And that was one thing that I kind of slept on was not investing in a really good coach or just having people that could guide me in the right way. Now, as a coach, I still use coaches because not everyone knows everything. Like I'm a, I studied integrative nutrition. I'm really good at getting people from point A to point B, but there's people who just specialize in acne or just specialize in gut health because it's so complex. So that's one thing in hindsight that I think I wish I did. And I would definitely say instead of spending all these, all this money on supplements and you're not sure which is going to do better, invest in something. Somebody that I, and I think that's really important. People always DM me about like who to go to, but you know, see who you trust. And then I would say the third thing is focus on the things that are free and focus on the things that are easy and tangible. Like we all have access to hopefully sneakers. So go for a walk, do lunges outside your house do sprints, jump rope, like something that's really easy and small. Focus on your stress management. I think most people have a shower with cold water. Start cold therapy. Just do it. You know, I I, I know for myself, I would always say I'm trying to, you know, get better at my stress. Do. Just do the thing that you're holding back on. You know, I was, I hated doing, sitting there doing meditation. I was like, oh, I'm trying to meditate. What do you mean you're trying to meditate? Just do the freaking meditation. Just do the damn thing. Sit there, put your damn headphones in and just do it. Whether you're good at it, or you're good at it or you're not, it's going to become a practice. And now it's like a staple in my in my life where before I, you wouldn't catch me dead trying to meditate because I was like chaotic and I'm so a little chaotic. But now I'm like, I meditate. So it's like different. But you know, it's like just do the things that are there and that are free to you because those are going to be life changing. And plus, even when you hire someone, they're going to tell you to do that shit anyway. Like go outside, get sun, handle your stress. Like if you that down foundation, now you can go into the, the stuff that everybody wants, which is the testing and the supplement protocols and the detoxing and all that other stuff. So it's multifaceted. Get clear on what you are, what you're struggling with the most. 
find resources that are helpful to you and then focus on the foundations of health, which is sunlight and movement and grounding and stress management. One of my friends, Michaela, she's the coach and she always says that she hates the word try. She's like, there's no trying, just go do the thing. So just like you're saying, I think a lot of it is our own inner self-sabotage, just Mm -hmm. resisting. Why do you think that we're resisting it if we know it's going to be better? I think we get to a point where you try so many things that you don't know if it's going to be good. And I think we get to a point where we stop trusting ourselves because I know for me, and like, obviously this is the type of account that I've built for myself where I get people sending me things all the time, like, oh, like an ad, like, oh, this seems good. And that seems good. Like you have to understand it's an ad. It's going to obviously tell you everything good about it. It's not going to be like, hey, buy my greens powder. It'll make you shit your brains out and have, (laughs) you know, like you're going to break out in acne. You're going to be like, "Hmm, maybe I shouldn't spend my money on that. Of course, it's going to tell you everything that's good about it, you know? And all the reviews are going to be good, too, because they, they, you know, they don't keep all the bad reviews on the page, um, which is a whole other story. But I think that's where people just stop trusting themselves. And you put your trust in other people and you put your trust. And I even tell people all the time, I was like, don't fall in love with me because now you're going to put all your trust in me. And I don't know everything about you. I don't know your struggle. I don't know what you like, what you don't like. I don't know what works for you. I'm not your coach, right? So you can't do everything by me verbatim, right? I'm also not like a cult leader. So it's like, please do not follow everything that I do. You have to take whatever information that you see, which we're in like an information boom era where there's information literally everywhere. And you need to take everything. Like I actually treat Instagram like almost like a giant research paper. I have about like six notebooks mm-hmm. of all different, like I have them all like about preconception health or um, like baby health or gut health. And anytime I see something that I really like, I create a little folder on my Instagram where it's all about gut health and like all these gut health posts. And I kind of write them all down like bullet points. I'm like a very like logical, systemic person. I don't think people know this actually about me, but I'm very like systemic where I have to like have every in writing. And I kind of look at all that. I'm like, all right, which does this seem like applies to me? And like, this is helpful. This isn't helpful. This seems realistic. This doesn't seem realistic. And I use it like research because that's how I'm going to take all this information from all these different professionals and then make it make sense to me and what seems tangible in my life. So I think that's when people like they stop trying or they're not sure or they get a little scared because they don't trust themselves. And if you once you trust yourself, you're capable of anything. Mm-hmm. I love that. And using the save function on Instagram, maybe you, you have oh, yeah. acne, like if you have cystic acne, maybe you make a folder tips for acne and you're saving Illy's posts or other educational posts that can help you with that and kind of using those to your advantage because there's yeah. so much good information online. And you'll online. start to see a lot of these like, okay, so one of my favorite acne pages is Dr. Shannon Curtis. She's literally a doctor that studies acne and like what causes it and everything. So I follow her, but then I follow a lot of, a lot of other pages that kind of just do like general health. So like sometimes they touch on acne, sometimes they touch on gut health, sometimes they touch on reading the food labels. So it can be overwhelming to just look at one person's page for everything. So that's why I have all those little folders. Like I take advantage of everything. I have a baby highlight with over 500 posts. And just yesterday I made a Google doc of like everything that I have in all those posts. And I'm like, wow, you start to see that there's a lot of the same information, right? Because it's like, it is that simple, but it almost doesn't feel like that when you see it 
all the time and like so random and all like all over the place by all these different people but i think once you have it in a very organized way you start to see like a lot of the things are the same like a lot of people are saying the same thing so that's not a bad thing but i think also just you start to understand like okay grounding maybe seems like a really good idea because all these accounts what they have in common is they say grounding is great and like that makes sense to me so i'm going to just start incorporating that cool go outside get your freaking toes in the grass and do that that's it. You know, like it just is, it, but it gets very overwhelming when you see it the way Instagram is set up and TikTok is set up. So it's like really take advantage to start organ- of organizing all those different thoughts and all those different informational posts. And I think it gets easier. Yeah. And I love that tip of breaking it down by symptom. That makes so much sense. I want to bring up, you recently just said something about gut health. And I saw your TikTok that kind of went viral about greens powders and gut health. <laughs> It's such a hot topic. Any video that talks about gut health on TikTok goes viral. There are people who blow up their accounts just talking about gut health. And you made such a great point. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I hate, I hate. You just start to realize that nobody knows what they're talking about because it's like the same companies that are selling you the products with artificial sweeteners and gum thickeners and this and the are also selling you like quote-unquote gut health healing supplements it's like you're literally selling the problem and then you're selling the solution and people will believe anything like if i see everybody posting about a product chances are it's probably a scam you know like getting paid (laughs) a thousand percent and people don't realize like that is a big reason why i started my own business is because i don't want my my income to be reliant on me saying yes to anything that comes my way like I have all the power now because I have a business where I get to pick the brands. You don't get to tell me that you're going to be on my page or on my website. Like I get to tell you if you deserve to be on my website, you know? So, but a lot of influencers, unfortunately, don't set themselves up for, with that type of freedom, but that type of financial freedom, right? Or, and a lot of them don't have integrity. You know, I, I know people in my own life that I've heard, don't call me on this, but that will will sell these greens powders and they're like, I don't even drink it. They're like, Mm. I don't even drink it. They just pay really well. And that's the reality of it. So if you come across an influencer, like some freaking, I don't know, model or whoever, or someone who's just like a lifestyle blogger, and they come out of the woodwork and they're like, hey, like, let's talk about this greens powder. You should buy it. Where is this coming from? Who is paying you to say this? Why are they paying you to say this? Probably because you have a lot of followers and you have a lot of reach. That's it. I have brands reach out to me all the time that I'm like, why would I sell your product? You clearly we don't even match. You know, like it makes no sense. Like, why are you pitching an energy drink to me with artificial sweeteners? Have you seen my page? It's just because I'm I'm cute and I have followers. That's it. Like, they don't really care about anything else. And the issue is, is there's a lot of... You expect that from brands, but the issue is, is influencers don't have integrity. They can be bought with any price. They just want to say like, oh, yeah, I'm sponsored by this brand. Like, why do you give the brand that much freaking power to destroy your health? Like, you're literally saying, yeah, pay me so that I can be sick. Like, what? It makes no sense to me. Like, I would never. Like, you think I'm going to pay you to give me diarrhea? <laughs> Makes absolutely no sense. One time I saw this TikTok though, which I think was a really good perspective. The girl said, when you're rich and you have a lot of money, you 
can afford to uphold your values in business because you can say no to things. And I think people also need to remember that a lot of influencers actually don't have a lot of money because maybe they don't have a full-time job or they're just starting out to make it. Like followers does not mean that they have a lot of money. And so their values have to be compromised or they don't even know. They're blissfully ignorant and naive and they're trying to make a brand for themselves. And this company reaches out and is like, hey, we'll pay you this money. And they're just like, oh my God, like, okay, sure. So we're seeing these influencers on social media and just putting our trust in them, maybe because we like them, but their account might have blown up because they have a funny personality or they've taken cool trips and suddenly we're trusting them in a space that's so outside of their realm of expertise or why we even followed them in the first place. Yeah. And that's the thing with influencer marketing is it's gotten so popular because you trust people that share their life, right? Like people trust the shit out of me because I just speak my mind and I share my life and they feel like they know me because, you know, I share my family and I share the things that I do and that's great. And obviously I love my community so much and I loved that I was able to form such like a cool community around living healthily, but it, it does come with a very, like I can see how people get sold out really quickly because if you know people will buy, like people will buy anything that I post. That's a good thing, but that's also a really bad thing because I have to be extremely careful about what I post. Um, and I don't think a lot of people have that type of integrity. Um, and and I'm gonna be so honest, like as an influencer, I have like only a couple. I've dwindled down a lot of my affiliate links because again, you just don't make money on them. Some of my affiliate links, I make a couple cents per order. Like some people will order, like I remember once somebody ordered like $400 worth of products. I made like $3. Like you don't make a lot. So now think about how much you have to sell and you have to push to make literal ends meet as an influencer. And that was a big thing that was shocking when like my account first started gaining traction. I was like, I can't live like this. And I'm either going to sell myself out to live like you're literally in survival or I'm going to just keep trying to find content to just simply go viral, which was literally hurting my mental health. Or I find a plan C at this point. And plan C, thankfully, was my website. But I can see how toxic it can get very, very quickly. Because if I didn't have my plan C, yeah, I could see how it's very easy to just say yes to anything. Oh, I'll give you $2,000 to post this. Okay, I don't care what it is. I'll post it. It's very, Mm -hmm. especially when you have to pay your damn bills. Yeah, so this is what's happening with a lot of influencers is, you know, they put these brands on these high horses. These these brands are gaining a lot of traction and you want to be part of it. You want to be part of the blow up. So, um... You know, you're not like not not going to name any like really big brands out there, but people know like I get sent things all the time of like big brands that are blowing up on TikTok. Like I'm seeing this brand everywhere. It's like you're seeing it everywhere, not because everybody's buying it. It's because they're sending out a campaign with 50 influencers at the same time to post a TikTok. That's why you're seeing it everywhere. It's not serendipitous that you just happen to see everyone promoting the same freaking greens powder over and over and over again. It's happening Mm -hmm. because that's marketing and people just don't understand. But it's like easy for me to like say this because I've been on both sides. Like I've been a consumer and then now I'm an influencer and I'm also a business owner. We're like, we're almost two years into our business and we still haven't looked into influencer marketing because I feel like I cannot trust anybody. Like I don't know who I can send my product products too, that isn't just going to say yes. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want you to just say yes. Like, I want you to also have integrity and also have 
a standard, but nobody has freaking standards these days. It's like, what the hell is going on? Everyone's just selling the same shit and it's like so boring. And I feel bad for consumers today and people looking on the internet because they unfortunately will buy anything. Right. And I feel like that's why your account has gotten so popular is because you're the one that's being vocal. You're the one sharing your values. And I don't know, maybe people are scared to voice their concerns because I've seen the backlash people like you get. And yeah. it's not for the faint of heart. No, it's not. It fucking sucks. Like I'm going to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. My cortisol shot, my dopamine horrible like no like I, yeah. I don't mean that to like discourage people it's just like it sucks and like it, it's like how I was telling you guys before like we started but it was like I didn't mean to become popular like I got popular just because I started sharing my own personal journey that I didn't know that other people felt as shitty as me like I was just I've always been an oversharer so even when I had like 200 of my family following me they're like why are you posting this on social media I'm like I don't know like who else am I gonna talk to and then they started saying well oh I, I feel the same and then they shared it and then oh I feel the same and then I shared it. Next thing you know, like right before I started, right actually right before I even started Live Healthy, I still only had like 5,000 followers. So I started Live Healthy with like 5,000 followers, which is considered like a micro influencer. And I was so scared that nobody was going to like order from us. And then now two years later, I'm at like over 100,000, not even two, like, yeah, I guess almost two years later, I'm at like almost 100,000. And it's like simply because I just keep sharing whatever the hell I'm doing. Like, I don't try to be like a professional at everything. Obviously, there's things that I know and I try to help people navigate, but I'm not going to come out of the woodwork. Like, I really just try to encourage people like you do not need a fancy degree to learn about your food. I feel like that's like a natural human right. You should know what the hell you're eating. So the fact that it's a secret from so many of these brands is like really worrisome. So it's like if you don't know if these brands are not willing to tell you, why would you spend your money on that? With that, I would love to go into some common misconceptions that people have, or maybe some of the videos that you post that people are always like, what? I had no idea. So what are some foods that people have deemed as okay that maybe aren't okay? I think one that comes to mind from your page is maybe seed oils and oils. Do you want to talk about something like that? Yeah, I mean, there's... The only reason it's like a misconception is because it's like literally Western versus like holistic medicine that just go back and forth because Western medicine says, well, this is what we're taught. This is what we learn. No one's died from it. And it's like the fact that that like that's the bar, like the bar is death is like, all right, <laughs> uh, I would like to not that be the bar. Like I'd like it to be a little <laughs> bit maybe more in the middle. Like maybe I just don't feel so good or like my tummy hurts. Like I would just like I feel like we need to move that a little. But because you don't die immediately, or because like our lifespan is the longest that it's been, right? Because people used to live to like 40 back in the day. The only reason people are living longer is obviously modern science. It's not because we're eating better. Like I know most people who start feeling like shit at 40 and then that's it. They're pretty much downhill for the next 40 years of their life. Either like with 12 different diseases on 14 different types of prescription medication. Like, are you truly living your life? Probably not. So like, that's like the main reason that there are misconceptions is because you go to your doctor and they tell you, oh, well, nothing's wrong with that. But then everyone on the internet that's like in the holistic wellness space is like, no, there definitely is something wrong. So the biggest thing with seed oils, like canola specifically, is that it's extremely treated with chemicals. So it's treated with like, like industrial byproduct hexane. It's treated with bleach to get the color that it is. So these are things that you are also ingesting and it's an unstable oil. So once it's processed through all these extreme high heats, 
it's going to oxidize in the body and cause inflammation. So that's the main reason. And then the omega-6 to 3 ratio is extremely off. So these are all things that become very unhealthy and people are using it in everything. Now, I don't think it's something that like you have to avoid 100% of the time, but the reason is like these ratios are off. So it maybe it's okay if you want to go to a restaurant every once in a while and you know that you're going to have some sort of seed oil at the restaurant because that's normally what they use. But at least to avoid it in your everyday life to reduce the exposure to it is going to be so much better off. Then you have artificial sweeteners where it's like, well, a calorie is a calorie. Artificial sweeteners have no calories, so it doesn't affect you. But our bodies are not calorie machines. Like our heart doesn't work off of calories. Our liver doesn't work off of calories. The only thing that really works off of calories is your weight. And that's that. even that is up for debate because there's even a study that was done fairly recently, I feel, um, where they gave two groups of people two sandwiches one was made, made with real food and then the other one was made with the same ingredients but more processed so instead of like whole grain bread it was like a white bread instead of you know organic cheese it was like conventional like slices instead of you know regular ham it was like whatever like it was just the same ingredients and the same amount of calories but the people who ate the processed food the processed sandwich ended up feeling worse and gaining weight so how is that happening if it's the same amount of calories because there's so many other functions in the body that require you to gain or lose weight. It's not just about calories. I know I've had so many clients and I remember so many women saying, well, I'm only eating, you know, a thousand calories a day or 1200 calories a day and I can't lose weight. You have to think to yourself, if you're eating the calories of a what a toddler would eat, would eat and you're still not losing weight, what do you think is happening? Your body is literally in starvation mode where it doesn't know when its next meal is going to come. So it's literally going to hold on to weight. Chances are your hormones are probably not even working properly. Like there are so many different aspects. Then on top of that, you have obesogens. Obesogens is a new chemical or a new group of chemicals called obesogens that essentially can trigger fat cells to grow. These are things like BPA and plastic. So having high exposure to estrogens and BPA can literally cause you to gain weight, even if you are in a caloric deficit. So we have to think like a calories and everything. So this is why when trainers around the world and dietitians say, well, it has no calories, it's not going to affect you. But it is. At the end of the day, it is, unfortunately. And even like the way that they're created is not good. Like um, aspartame, for example, which is found sometimes in gum and even soft drinks, literally breaks down into formaldehyde at 98 degrees. What is 98 degrees? Our body temperature. So we were literally like drinking practically like embalming fluid. Like that's what formaldehyde is. Um, do I think that obviously it's not enough to kill you or cause any like serious damage immediately? We have to think, what does this do over time, right? If we're slowly ingesting this over the course of 30, 40 years, what is this doing to the body? Like, are we really getting healthier? And this is shit that like I was drinking and eating when I was my fittest. So there is a way that you can be fit and very unhealthy. And when you start to see this, you start to see it's so prevalent in the fitness industry. Almost every famous fitness influencer that has millions of followers in the past year has ended up in the hospital with some like life-threatening disorder or issue, whether it's psoriasis or having the, a part of their gut removed or finding like lumps 
and things like it's scary. It's actually scary. We have to think like the physical aspect of the body is only one part of it. Like we have to think a little bit deeper of like how are our organs functioning? And that's where like these all these misconceptions kind of come in of like what's good and what's bad. And I think if you just think about it from like a very simple answer, like do I want to eat something that has been treated with bleach? Do I need a doctor to answer that? Do I need to be a doctor to answer that question? No, you can just use your common sense. Or does it make sense for me to eat something that has that is an artificial sweetener? Probably not. Okay, cool. That's it. And you don't need like a degree to figure that out. So when it comes to all these misconceptions, I just tell people like, use your common sense. Like, does it feel right to you? Does that sound right to you? Because if it doesn't, then don't eat it. You don't need a freaking 12 studies to tell you not to bang <laughs> your head into a wall or it'll give you a concussion. You just like know that. It's just crazy how it's literally not common sense. Or people are always just looking for a reason to defend what they already do. Yeah. And that's what I see with like the backlash of posts like yours. It's like, well, this article and this journal says that canola oil is fine. So you should just yeah. keep using it. And it's like, okay, good. Yeah, like there's some things in life I just don't need to study for. Like, yeah, does that make me like anti-science? No, but it's, you also have to like, I, I got into an argument like a couple, like, I think it was like a year ago with someone who was supporting artificial sweeteners and he was sending me all these like studies and you look at the study and they're literally funded by Pepsi. And I'm like, sir, and he's like, <laughs> the study's a study. And I'm like, okay, like if that's the route you want to go, that is fine. Then call me anti-science all you want. But I do believe in conflicts of interest. And I don't think a study by Pepsi telling me that artificial sweeteners are good, that they use in their products is going to be like a wholesome study that's coming from a very unbiased point of view. Like I just don't, I don't know, it doesn't sit right with me. So, you know, like, unfortunately, people don't understand the way today's science works, like things need to be approved and they need to be in the public interest. If there's no public interest, then guess what? It's not going to be approved and we're never going to see it. So there, do, there does come a level of common sense. Plus what they're teaching in universities, they say the average is about seven years difference of what we find out today. So what we find out today and there's an article today, our generation is probably not even going to witness it in or learn it in college at all. Like it's going to be the one after that. So that's almost like two full years of college students that are going to be behind. So we have to like be, they, you know, they say, they say science is slow, logic is fast. So <laughs> use your logic. And if it makes sense, and I'd rather be safe than sorry. Like, cool, if a study in 10 years comes out and they say like, artificial sweetener is actually so good for you. And it's like a really great, like whatever. Cool. That's fine. Awesome. But I'd, I'm glad that I still chose and went with my guns and stuck to what I wanted. And that's it. Like I, I didn't lose any, I, I'm not going to look back and be like, damn, I didn't live life because I didn't have a diet Coke. Like I'm never going to feel that way. <laughs> like even if it's like the healthiest drink in the world, like you just have to put your priorities in a good place and be like, do I really think a diet Coke is going to make or break my life? Probably not. I think the big takeaway from this whole episode before we wrap up and ask our last question is just a willingness to be wrong and ask questions. You yourself are a great example of that. You're super transparent and saying, hey, I was so into that. I was sold on looking a certain way, but it not feeling right. And you were willing to be wrong and ask questions. And that's how you got to where you are. And yeah. I think it's uncomfortable for a lot of us to be like, damn, I, I don't know stuff or I am wrong, or maybe I should challenge my beliefs. And that's really the only way that you're going to evolve and have new perspectives is if you're willing to be open-minded. Totally. That was so like exactly so well said. And I just feel like 
to just trust ourselves more when it comes to the process and not put our trust in people that don't know us, don't know our values. And I just think we all just, especially if, like an in, if any influencers that are listening to this, just have a little bit more integrity and set a standard for yourself. Like it's okay to say no, because I feel like every no that you say that's, that's that holds true to your values is going to turn into a yes for something that's going to wholeheartedly align with you. And like, I'm literally living proof of that as I kept saying no to all these people. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not making any money. How am I ever going to move out? How am I going to have all these things? And then a yes came my way, which was like my entire business idea. So it's just, you have to just stay true to who you are and not just say yes to whatever is trendy because you have to think about why you have that following to begin with. Like these are people that trust you and you don't want to look back and think that you've hurt thousands of people. Like I just would never want to do that. Like I have a hundred thousand something people that follow me and I just would never want me to promote something that maybe I knew wasn't good, but at least it paid my bills. Like that would be such a horrible thought in my mind. So I don't know. I just always think like we have that responsibility as influencers and people who are educators to give that. Like, I think that's the bare minimum to give to people. I couldn't agree more. I know we already talked for like an hour and, you know, there's so much to talk about. We only scratched the surface. So do you have any book recommendations, people to follow? I know you shouted some really good accounts and we'll put those in the show notes, but any other accounts for people who want to improve their nutrition or physical wellness? So I really love, I'm actually going to be on my friend Ashley Taylor Wellness, her podcast. And we were friends because we both have like that same like no bullshit attitude. So I love her. I love if you're like a mom to be or you plan on just like, you just want to be like very proactive about like the shit that goes into our food and like the corruption. Natural Nurse Mama is one of my favorite people, even though like I'm not a mom, probably not for a while, but she's like amazing. Like she's on top of like every trend that's out there. And then I also love my girl heel with fifi she's also really big on tiktok i don't know if you guys have had her on the podcast but you totally should heal with fifi she is like she had really bad autoimmune disease and literally reversed it just through and she's like no bs like she love her like so much so she's another really good one and then um real foodology is um that's courtney and she's one of my good friends too and she's just all about reading labels and all about just getting back to nature and movement and sunlight so those are like that's me literally scratching the surface i have so many like friends in the space now but those are like my go-to's for just like great information and a lot like similar to kind of what i talk about and people who just have that like i don't give a fuck attitude i'm gonna say what i have to say if you're pissed you could sit with it but <laughs> that's it so those are like my go-to people I love that. Thank you so much for diving into all of these different concepts from chronic illnesses to nutrition to toxins. We'll have to have you back on at some point because you know, like Kara said, we we have not even gone down enough rabbit holes. <laughs> but yeah, but, it always happens. I'm like, we just talk uh, about shit and it's like, you ask one question, I'm like, oh my God, because everything's just so nuanced, you know, like I can't just make a simple mm-hmm. like yes or no. And I've learned that the hard way, like being on social media, it's like, you can't just be like, yes, this is bad or that's bad. But I really just like try to help people understand like you hold the power. Like you don't need to look to all these professionals. You don't even have to look to me to like make the best decision for yourself. Like look to yourself. If it makes sense to you, go with it. If not, then don't. Amazing. Well, as this is the Already Friends podcast, every time we have a guest on, we ask them our signature question. And that is to you, what makes a good friend? Oh, so many things. Um, someone who eats organic. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Definitely a plus. But no, I think somebody who's just um, supportive of your whole journey. That's one thing that I realized very much the hard way is like transitioning to a health journey is I did lose a lot of friends that just didn't agree or weren't supportive of what I was doing. And that's one aspect of my life that I feel like has changed so much with friendships and even family where you kind of do lack that support, which even if you feel like you're doing something good for yourself, people just don't support it because of their own, you know, limitations that they put for themselves. So I think what makes an amazing friend is just someone who's going to support you, whether maybe they don't always agree, but having someone to just always lean back on and just be there for you 100% through your journey of life, whether it's health or mental or a relationship, just to be there because I think eventually um, you hit a point where that support system is going to be everything for you because shit does get hard and no matter like what aspect of life, shit gets hard and you need a good supportive friend that's not going to sit there and be a judgy bitch. <laughs> Perfect. I couldn't agree more. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Any final thoughts before we wrap up? I don't think so. I feel like if I do, I'm going to go on like another tangent. So <laughs> on that note, love you guys. This was great. <laughs> Okay, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Plug your website, plug your socials. Yeah, I'm healthily on TikTok and Instagram. And then you can always shop Live Healthily, which we have our own Instagram for that. Literally, Live Healthily. Um, and that's literally where you can find me. So if you're always looking for, you know, good, everyday, easy, tangible advice, that's what my Instagram and TikTok are for. And then if you're like, I don't even know where to start with my clean fitness, my clean journey or to non-toxic products, that's what my website's for. So that's where you can find me. Yeah, you can shop all the clean protein powders, pre-workouts, makeup. Like you guys have it all. It's so yeah. impressive and it's been so cool to see you guys grow. Thanks. Yeah. So that. Thank you again, Ellie. It's been such a pleasure. And yeah, that was another episode of Already Friends. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to another episode of Already Friends. We want to tell you guys, what is our favorite thing in this world? Getting Apple and Spotify reviews. So to thank you guys, when we hit 500 reviews on Apple and Spotify, we're going to give you one of your favorite things. And we're going to tell you what it is. It's a $50 gift card to wherever you want. Please, come on. We're desperate. We're literally dreaming up these reviews in our sleep. Got to help us get there. If we want to keep creating great Already Friends podcast shows for you guys, we need those reviews. So don't make us beg, all right? Yeah. <laughs> So leave a rating, leave a review, screenshot it, send it to us. And yeah, when we hit 500, we'll pick two of you guys to get a $50 gift card to wherever you choose. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will catch you in the review section of our show. Love y'all. Love ya. Bye.